Welcome back to another episode of the Web Summit podcast. My name is Luke, and today we'll be listening in on a fairly eclectic group consisting of a YouTuber with well over 7 million subscribers, an athlete with an Olympic gold medal and several world championships under their belt, and the star of hit TV shows such as Lost and The Vampire Diaries. So there's an argument to be made that influence is a currency in today's society. Building influence can happen from scratch or stem from success in other endeavors. Casper Lee, Dame Jessica Ennis-Hill, and Ian Sommerhalder take to center stage at Web Summit 2019 to discuss their topic titled How to Win Fans and Influence People. This session will explore how to build an audience, and once built, how exactly can you benefit from it? There's a lot of influence on this stage right now. Not coming from the left side, but over here. That's not true. Um, I am super excited to be here with you guys. Um, a, because of all you've accomplished. We have athlete, actor, you've built an incredible fan base um, from nothing. I want to talk about how you built these fan bases. Um, you have 7.3 million subscribers on YouTube, Ian, 15 million on Instagram, Jessica, half a million on Instagram. What do you think is the single most important thing you've learned building out this fan base? Um. So, I mean, for me, I think um, a little bit different to the both of you. You guys have like a serious talent, which you were able to start off with. I was a 16-year-old kid in my uh, bedroom uh, in South Africa with uh, basically just the goal of being a YouTuber, which wasn't a career back then. And uh, for some reason, I was just obsessed. And it's difficult when you don't have a particular talent you can lean on. So what I was able to do was collaborate with other people and build through that. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of been the, the way I've been able to get a platform, uh, which is difficult when you don't have talent. But so. what does that even mean? Collaborate with other... You were in your room in South Africa, and, yeah. and then explain. Uh, like things as simple as Skyping and convincing my parents that instead of going on a hockey tour, uh, I was going to meet a random person I met on the internet, and I went to London and somehow was able to set up the right collaborations with the right people. Right. Uh, so that's how it happened. He just said one very interesting thing, which he said he had, he didn't have a talent. The best thing he could do was collaborate with people. Mate, that's how the world has been built. That is a huge talent. Collaboration is how anything gets done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me as well, obviously, being an athlete, you know, athletics is my whole life, you know, starting from the age of nine. So my influence if you would say that or my audience has all been driven by my performances and I think most athletes when they're in the midst of their career are very kind of almost single-mindedly focused on their end goal which is a medal performance at a major championships and that's what's always been my drive and my focus and that's what's ultimately knocked on to to my success beyond then. Right. Wow. How about you? I mean you 15 million folks follow you on Instagram um, and also, I, I read some of your top 1% of high engagement on Instagram, so people are very engaged in your content. What do you think it is? I mean, it's been a really phenomenal journey, and I love connecting with people. Um, having been on a, on a television show that resonated with audiences, uh, and that was, it took a massive, massive team, and required hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of financing through Warner Brothers. I got lucky at a time in 2009 when this technology was just sort of starting. 
I felt I didn't have a talent as well. Um, and, and what I wanted to do, I didn't have a college education, but I recognized that through entertainment, I could leverage entertainment value to create quantifiable global change. So that was sort of the ethos. Um, it's about authenticity. If you enjoy yourself and put an authentic version of yourself out there that resonates with people rather than a false representation. So It certainly seems like authenticity or this idea of authenticity is kind of under attack right now. I mean, we have social media. Obviously, we've seen some of the dangers of social media. Casper, I'll throw this one to you. Um, you have people inflating the numbers of followers that's come out. People are buying followers. I don't know if anyone read about the Fire Festival. Anyone see the issues around the Fire Festival or that didn't yeah. happen? And influencers promoting products that they don't actually use. We're certainly in this moment where I think trust has kind of shifted a little bit. Do you think the influencer economy is taking a bit of a hit? So it's a very new market. I think that there's something like 9 million people who are classified as influencers. So when you're dealing with such large numbers, there's always going to be bad players um, in the community. And I, obviously, that is focused on by the media because I think bad news does sell better than good news. Things like Fire Festival, for me, were, were fascinating to see because it kind of shows how powerful influencer marketing is, but how important it is um, for companies to be more professional, do the due diligence. I felt like the creators who were involved in promoting that festival, uh, I felt a little bit bad for them, to be honest, because uh, they, they were sold the dream as well about this. Um, and yeah. I think there were people involved, maybe it was very close, and I think Billy McFlorin, I remember his name, he was on the stage actually at one right. point. Um, so yeah, that's just an example of, I guess, how powerful it is and how it can also be used uh, negatively. Um, but Again, there's a lot of positive uses as well. Right. How do you think that the relationship between brands and influencers needs to uh, evolve given kind of the certain state? So, I mean, this is a little bit of a plug, but uh, I've got a company called Influencer.com uh, that I co-founded with a guy called Ben Jeffries. And our goal is to connect and create meaningful relationships between brands and influencers. Um, and what's important is that brands realize that, yeah, People can have a massive number, and these numbers are huge, but they're not always genuine. So you've got to work with companies that are able to check, because it's not that, it's not that hard to check, but it's, it's, it's time consuming, and it takes uh, uh, technology to do that. Uh, so just be working with people who, who know what they're doing. Right. And, and what do you think? I mean, you've actually, you're building out a company, right? You're using your influence and uh, a lot of your following to actually build out a company based on a need that you felt like you had. I mean. If you don't mind me saying, I hate taking backstage conversations and then just kind of throwing them out to everyone, <laughs> but I will. Um, you were saying that you actually were, had a lot of health issues in the, in, in the last year, um, and that kind of led you to want to create you know, the company you're creating. Yeah, I mean, I think you as a professional athlete, and I, I think the need came from, I was doing what most of us do pushing very hard. We're also consumed with, and I don't mean this in any, you know, I'm part of it as well. We want things, whether it's a better life for our family, or we want a different house, or a bigger house, or a different car, or to do this. So we push our bodies, right? I've been pushing my body for so many years, and 
being on a television show is an immense amount of work. I was flying 90 flights a year. Um, I built six companies within the span of probably four or five years, plus a foundation, then having a family, raising a child. And it all hit me like a ton of bricks when I ended up in the hospital with pulmonary emboli, and I was told I had between about 12 to 24 hours left to live. That was a big wake-up call at 39. Then immediately following that to sort of go into pre-cardiac arrest, the idea is, is that whatever socioeconomic part of the ladder you're on, we're all pushing our bodies. I wanted to design something to feed the body, feed the adrenals, feed the brain, but create a connection, just like what you said. Build a connection between the user of, it's a drinks product, it's, um, it's a functional drink, but it's, a, it's adaptogens, it's vitamins, it's brain stimulants, it's things that actually feed you throughout the day, but create a, connect, a connection between you and your body, which a lot of brands have a lot of trouble doing. But as an influencer or an actor, I can sort of cut through the BS and talk to people because I don't have a level of corporate governance that I have to sort of live within the means or the confines of. So the company's called Immortal Rituals. Immortal came from the idea of vampire, which <laughs> we do want to live longer. That's why we want to take care of ourselves. But it's hard in this economic way because we, we push. So that's the idea, creating connection between a user, a customer, a person, and what they're putting into their body. And I am very excited to, to launch this. Um, and, you know, not to sound like a capitalist pig, but I want my company to become a multinational, multi-billion dollar corporation because then I get to invest in the things that mean things to me. You know, we have the idea, we talk about sustainability. What is sustainability? Well, if sustainability is keeping up with the status quo, we have to redefine what sustainability is. And I think we need to move into what's called regeneration, regenerative farming practices, regenerative living practices. So the companies with triple bottom lines are the ones that are going to sustain the future. Triple bottom line meaning people, planet, profit. Hmm. And that's what we're doing. And uh, Jessica, you also created a company trying to use your influence. And what's interesting, though, is the company you're creating isn't necessarily 100% in line with your sports following. So you have this whole following online of people who followed you from the Olympics and throughout your incredible career. Uh, but the new company is a little bit different. So how have you kind of tried to navigate bringing followers over, shifting the brand mindset? Yeah, so it's, it's been a huge challenge because my fan base and my audience, um, who I created kind of through my performances on the track, were very organically grown. You know, every time I performed and I won medals, I gained more followers because they enjoyed watching me compete. Um, since retiring, um, my new passion and my focus has been setting up this new company, Janice Fitness, and it really incorporates the pregnancy world, so exercising and workouts during each trimester of your pregnancy, postnatally, and also fitness into kind of back to normal fitness. And yeah, those two audiences are very different. So I have this organically grown audience that's ready there and they'll be with me forever. Um, but I now have to create this new audience that is, you know, very woman pregnancy focused, which doesn't necessarily cross over with what I already have. 
Um, so yeah, so it's a huge challenge. It's one that I'm really passionate about because I, I now have two young children. I've had two very different journeys through pregnancy and exercising. One coming back to world championship level and winning another gold medal and Olympic standard again. And then with my daughter, I came into retirement after having her. So I feel that everything that I've learned through these amazing processes and that I'm so passionate about being able to put together into this um, fitness app and hopefully inspire more women to be active and, and confident in exercising through that massive change in their life. Great. Casper, um, do you think the word, <laughs> do you think that the word influencer, do we need to evolve that? I, when we were speaking, you, you kind of said, oh, I don't know about the word influencer. What, why? What, uh, what do you funny, think? Funny, because that's the name of our company. Um, <laughs> I think it's because there's just so many different types of people who have influence, I think. I mean, for example, here we, we have an, an actor, we have an athlete, and we have a YouTuber, and we're all kind of under one name, and I think that name has been used slightly negatively in the media. Um, and I think the, the image that comes to mind when I hear the word influence is someone who just takes selfies all day. And I think that there are other words such as creator and they're more specific to what your, your influence comes from that we should be using to describe these people than this massive blanket. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's my opinion on that. Um, but it's not a terrible word either. It's just sometimes like people, yeah, I've read a lot of articles about that, about the word and maybe that's me overanalyzing it. I don't when know you, when you use the word influencer around Casper, he sort of backs up and looks <laughs> behind him <laughs> to see who's listening. Um, uh, how do you I guys understand. feel about <laughs> Instagram? You know, a lot of these tech companies are changing the algorithms. They change their products very quickly, especially with a lot of the pressure from uh, a lot of the outside yeah. forces. How do you feel about Instagram's latest? I know they've been testing out a feature that would hide likes publicly um, as influencers or whatever you want to call yourself. Instagram are the ones that are spearheading the word creator, actually, which is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, to be honest, I think it's a good thing. I, I feel like the world is in a very uh, tough spot because we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. Um, I spoke about this earlier when you weren't there, but uh, I don't know how you felt. If you, if, have you won a silver medal before? I have. Yeah, have my, my last medal was a, a silver medal so, at the Rio So Olympics. basically what I'm saying is like you're probably used to winning gold, and when you're, mm. when you're so close to winning gold and you get that silver medal, what they find is that people are less happy with a silver medal than they are with a bronze because they're so close to that. And I feel now with the world the way it is, we're constantly comparing ourselves to the best every single time we open our yeah. phones. And I think likes has become a measure of that, even though, to be honest, it it's not a big part of influencer marketing anyway. The amount of likes a post get doesn't equal the amount of sales or uplift in brand. So there's deeper metrics that we should be focusing on. So I think it's a good thing. Well, what I kind of metrics? We, sorry, sorry, I was gonna say, I think we briefly mentioned it before. It's about mental health, isn't it? It's about understanding how we influence people and the effect that we have on people, but also how they absorb it. And I think you're so right. We have to be so mindful and careful as to how, especially young people interact with all these social media platforms. It's, it's an area that does scare me slightly, being a mother of two, knowing that the world is constantly changing and Instagram, where will it be in five, six, seven years time? Um, so it's a, it's a really important area, I feel. Well, we also do have a, we do, and again, I say this with, with nothing but respect for all of us, because we're all part of this, you know, because my show had a very young following, and 
when you're young, actually, even when you're in your 30s and in 40s, but people are starting to put their self-worth in this little tiny device. And it's having some very strong and uh, negative impacts on our psyche. If you think about it, we have now more than any generation has ever had in the history of the world. We have more medicine, more money, more food, more real estate, more vehicles. We have more than any other generation. And yet depression rates are higher now amongst teens and adults than we've ever been able to even categorize. Happier, healthier people build happier, healthier societies. It's just a fact. How about, I rem you mentioned that uh, in 2012 during the Olympics, you just like did not look at social media. It was like a whole, you could not look at social media. What, what yeah. do you do? And I, I mean, also as a woman, and I read there were lots of comments when you had children. I mean, how did you, you know, how do you build a brand, build a following and not let it impact? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying to say it didn't impact on me because we do, you know, we were drawn in by those negative comments and sometimes we use them to feed us and to motivate us and other times they just nag away at us. And I suppose I've always taken the premise of, okay, let's see humor in this. Let's draw it back to who are these people making these really small comments that are impacting on me. Let's put it into perspective and understand the bigger picture of it. And particularly before the London Olympics, I was so focused, so driven on not letting anything stop me from getting to my end point. Mm -hmm. That social media for me was that one distraction too far. I had to you know, go offline and not read anything. And it was hard because you want to read everyone wishing right. you luck and, you know, wanting you to do well. But equally, I didn't want those one or two negative comments to just eat away at me and, and have an impact on my performance out there when I was competing. Wow. And how about in the YouTube community? I feel like people are beginning yeah. to talk about this. Also, you're in like, I feel like you get brought into these tech companies yeah. too to talk about behind the scenes, what they're having conversations about. Yeah, I mean, so, Firstly, I think um, we're so lucky as YouTubers to kind of do what we do. And like, obviously, this is a negative aspect of it, but the positives far outweigh that. In terms of the negative comments, um, what I try and do is when I hear a really positive comment, I take it with, with a pinch of salt. And with a negative comment, I do the same. So I don't try and let my happiness like, be dictated by other people. That is obviously easier said on Web Summit stage than done. Like when you've when you've done some, like maybe when you've created a piece of content, maybe you spent a lot of time on it, and uh, there's something you might notice in that video you're not so happy about, and then someone points it out. That's when it's really difficult. I don't mind if someone just like says a horrible name or something that doesn't mean anything, but when they point out a specific thing, it's it's tough. Um, but you got to try breathe and just. <laughs> breathe from the stomach, <laughs> apparently that makes you happier and things like that, I don't know, but yeah, it's difficult and I don't think there's like a quick solution. I think it takes a long time to build up a thick skin. All of you guys are experts in building out a brand, building out influence. What do you think is the best advice you could give to folks who are starting from scratch, who don't have the backgrounds, um, if they want to build out a following, build out influence? I mean, are there certain platforms that are better? B the more specific, the better. I mean, I, I think TikTok's giving everyone a chance to go viral now. Um, I think that's why it's doing so well. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I, the problem people have with, I think the biggest problem with like YouTube and Instagram is when people see like a professional YouTuber, whenever they even go on YouTube, all the videos seem to do so well. What they're forgetting is most videos in the world don't do that well. And it could take five, 10 years for you to ever do what you think is good enough
to be what, what, what you're trying to be. So just do it because you enjoy making the content. Don't try and do it with like the numbers in mind, if that makes sense, if you're doing it without like a specific talent. What do you think? Yeah, I think, again, it, it's about enjoying what you do and it's about being focused and, and passionate about what you do. And for me now, I'm moving into a completely different area, which is new to me, and it's, it's having that confidence and that passion to, to believe in what I'm doing. And it's that process. I always told myself that when I was a competing athlete, it's the journey that you go on to get to that amazing peak. And without the journey, it's not as sweet at the top. So mm. it takes time yeah. to build, it takes years to grow. Um, and it's understanding that journey. And when you get there, it'll be perfection. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you That's guys what so we much. Do. Thank, cool. you. Thank you guys.